podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Dream Team Professor podcast. Today we're going to be taking a look at the top teams and players to target in game week 8 on Sun Dream Team. So we're going to start with the European club fixtures. Um, Man City are going to have a home game against Manchester United in the derby and then they'll be home against Copenhagen as well in the Champions League. It's the North London derby as well that weekend. So you've got Spurs versus Arsenal um, at the Emirates. And then Spurs will also have Frankfurt in the Champions League that week. Um, Chelsea will be away to Crystal Palace and then home to AC Milan. Liverpool will be at home to Brighton and then home to Rangers. So that's two quite good fixtures for them. Um, Arsenal, of course, in the North London derby as well. So that's at the, um, at the Emirates. And then they'll be at home to Bodo Glimt as well. Man United will be away to City at the Etihad and then Nicosia in the uh, Europa League. And then you've got West Ham who will be facing Wolves at home and Anderlecht away. So I've just taken some notes on those games to see how to sort of approach picking my team or if there's any changes I need to make. Um, I think both games are going to be winnable for City. You're not going to take City players out for either of those. Um, yeah, I've, I've said it's going to be two winnable games where they're going to be favourites. Um, and obviously pretty much everyone's got Haaland I've got De Bruyne in most of my teams as well and all of your City defensive assets should be safe for these ones um, I think I think Manchester United are going to change the way they play um, and be quite defensive and look to hit on the counter a bit like what they did against um, Arsenal I can't see them playing out against City they'll they'll get destroyed with the press so I think it's going to be quite a counter-attacking side from Man, uh, from Man United and City should do well in that game. They can always break down a low block. Um, and then the North London derby. I've just said that I think this game could go either way, to be honest. Um, I expect there to be quite a few goals. Um, I know for a fact as an Arsenal fan that Son and Kane always seem to fill their boots against Arsenal. So I'm, I'm, I'm still a bit nervous about it, to be honest. But we'll see how that one goes. Um, and then you've got Frankfurt away in the Champions League. Um, obviously, it should be a winnable game for Spurs. But they, they didn't do too well against um, Sporting in the last in the last round. And it's going to be a tough game again at the Emirates. So how fatigued they are, we, we're not too sure. But I expect Spurs to win. But it, it could be quite a difficult game for them. And then Chelsea. Um, I'm still not too sure what to expect under Graham Potter. Um, we saw the way they lined up in the last game. Um, a bit controversial. They, they dropped Fafana. They dropped Koulibaly. Um, and they went with more of an experienced backline. Um, Cucurella stayed in, who Potter knows quite well. But I think they had Thiago Silva and Azpilicueta in the in the backline. Um, so they're, they're probably going to keep that sort of five at the back. But then they had Sterling as, I wouldn't call it a left wing back completely, but he was playing in that sort of position where Trossard plays. He's, it's the left wing back role, but he was so far forward. So Sterling could... Could be quite good as an option in that in that uh, new lineup, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, not hundred percent sure on what sort of lineup we'll expect. But yeah, we'll wait and see how that one goes, and then you can pick your team accordingly. But I think Palace away is a, is a tough game, but it is, it is winnable for them. And then they'll be facing AC Milan in the uh, Champions League. And I had a little look, and I think Champ- um, Milan had conceded five, five. Um, sorry, conceded in their last five games, and they weren't very good at keeping clean sheets. So that could be a quite a good one if you're looking to add like Sterling to your side, or if you've got more attacking assets, like even Reese James. He's going to be quite a popular pick for Chelsea. So 
hopefully there should be goals in it for Chelsea. Um, but I'm still not sure whether or not we can expect um, Chelsea to keep a clean sheet. I've had Fafana and I've also had Cucurella in quite a few teams. But the, the clean sheets just haven't been coming. So if we can get one, that'd be great. But I'm still not completely sure that we'll be able to get one in that game. Um, then Liverpool, I've said Liverpool probably got the best the best two fixtures, which it's not great because a lot of people have been removing the Liverpool players from their uh, dream teams. But I think this is the best two fixtures in this uh, in this game week. So they've got Brighton at home um, and then Brighton under a new manager as well. So we, we're still not sure what to expect from them, whether or not it'll be more of the same. But yeah, I think Liverpool should have too much for them at home. And then obviously you've got Rangers as well who've been pretty poor in Europe um, so far as well. So I think Liverpool should have far too much for both of them, but they've been unreliable this season. I mean, we all started with Trent, we all started with Salah, and it's been quite disappointing so far. Um, I've kept Salah in most of my teams, but I know a lot of people have lost patience already. And if you started with a Liverpool block or any sort of Liverpool defenders, their value has crashed. So, yeah, it's not been great. But if you still have got them, I think it's a great, a great two games for them. And I probably would look to bring some some players in if you haven't got them. But yeah, I've still got Salah, so I'm hoping he can start scoring for this one. Um, and then the Arsenal game, I kind of covered it when I spoke about Spurs. But yeah, I think it's going to be a tough game. Um, I've got Saliba in most of my teams, and I think quite a lot of people will have at least one Arsenal defender. But I'm not I'm not confident about the clean sheet in this game. So we'll see. But I expect Arsenal probably will concede. Um, but I, I still think they've got more than, more than enough to score, especially at home as well with Saka, Jesus, um, Martinelli as well. So they could score in that game. So there still could be points in it. Um, and then the Bodo Glimt game, I think there'll be quite a bit of rotation in that game. Um, I, was, I was looking at the, pr- the previous game in the Europa League and I think what they'll do is they'll, they'll probably keep at least one of the, the main centre-backs. They'll bring Rob Holding in. But I think the last game they played Gabriel... But you could quite easily see Saliba play two games in one week or Ben White might come in at centre-back. Um, and then the other the other position sort of in that front three, Eddie Nketi is pretty much now to get the Europa League games as centre-forward. But um, you've got Marquinhos, seems like he's playing on the right wing. So, But that left wing slot, there's, there isn't really anyone to rotate. So they're probably likely going to either start Martinelli again or they might rotate a little bit to have either Jesus on the wing or Saka on the wing, just to see who's... It's probably whoever's the fittest at the time will probably get two games. So Man United have got a very tough game against Man City. Um, if they're going to get anything from the game, I think it's going to be on the counter-attack. Um, they've done quite well against Arsenal by counter-attacking. They, they, kept, they kept quite deep, kept their shape, and then they had sort of Anthony, Rashford and Sancho going in behind. Um, so I think that that is a way they can hurt City. So I do think they can score in this game. They could they could get goals, but City are really good at like, breaking down that low block, kind of like how Arsenal were in that game. So I think it's going to be a tough game for Man United. Um, I'd avoid bringing any players in specifically, obviously, for this game week. But if you've already got them, you could probably stick with them. I, I wouldn't look to transfer anyone out just because they're playing against Man City. Um it sort of it helps that they've got quite a good game in the Europa League. So Nicosia, I can't imagine that they're going to cause many problems for Man United. So if you can try and choose someone that's going to potentially play both games, it could be worth it. Um, I don't think in the Europa League last time they rotated very much. I think they kept Martinez and Varane. 
um, for that game, I, I believe. I know they brought Maguire on for the last few minutes. But yeah, if, if you can get someone that will play both, maybe Martinez, it could offset it. If they can get a clean sheet in one game, it might might offset the damage that they they could uh, sustain from the City game. So yeah, we'll see about that one. But I mean, if you wanted to be really brave, you could get an attacking asset and, and hope to target both. But for now, I think I would just avoid bringing in any Man, Man United players for that game week. So West Ham have got the home game against Wolves and then they've got an away game to Anderlecht. So I've put down that I think they could have potential for one or two clean sheets that week. Um, it's a tough one because the fixtures are good, but West Ham have been so bad so far. Um, they find themselves at the bottom of the Premier League, or not rock bottom, but they're they're in the relegation zone at the minute. Um, but I mean, they've got a good squad, so if they can sort of pick up a bit of form, Wolves have been pretty toothless in attack so as long as they can keep solid in this one they could keep a clean sheet against Wolves and then that Anderlecht away game is going to be quite tough they're one of the best sides in the uh, in the Belgian league but yes yeah, it's, it's a tough one but I think they should I think they should still be able to get at least one clean sheet in that week um, and then if, if you stick with some of the West Ham players their fixtures massively improve from now all the way up to the World Cup as well so could be take, worth taking a punt on maybe one defender from West Ham or even one attacking asset. We'll go on to that, but I think Paqueta and Bowen could be good options to capitalise on this good run of fixtures. So, yeah, I think if we can look for one clean sheet, that could be a good good return on those two games. But, yeah, it would, it would mean that West Ham really do need to pick up their form. So... I've put these. Uh, I've put the fixtures for the European sides in order of who I think's got the best fixtures, and then named a few of the players that I think could be the best ones to target. So I think Liverpool have probably got the best fixtures with um, with Brighton and then Rangers. Rangers have been pretty shocking so far in the uh, in the Champions League. So I think if you can, if you've stuck with Salah, I think I'd keep him for these two because. If he can't score against Brighton, he can't score against Rangers. Seriously, then I think that could be the last draw for him. Start using some of your value elsewhere. Um, Diaz is a good option. If you've already taken Salah out, Diaz is a good option to try and pick up some of those points. Um, It looks like Klopp does favour him on the left-hand side. Jota's back, but Diaz is still playing most games. Um, And then Trent, obviously... The clean sheets haven't been coming, but he's still he is getting those uh, attacking numbers. Um, obviously, done really well against Bournemouth. I think he got a couple of assists and a goal in that one. Um, so, and he's five point six now as well, which is quite a big uh, decrease. I think I think him and Cancelo started on the same, and now they've they've really split apart. So Cancelo's at seven point six, and Trent's all the way down at five point six. So yeah, it's quite a big difference. Um, and I've put for Liverpool that I would I would still avoid. Jota and Darwin for me anyway just because I think that they're going to be quite a big rotation risk I think Diaz seems to be holding his place which means Jota if he's going to play he's going to play through the middle Um, and if Darwin's not on form they're going to be both challenging each other so yeah I wouldn't go with either Jota or Darwin for now but Salah, Diaz and Trent the obvious picks really but with these two fixtures hopefully they can come good and then City um, (laughs) with City it's it's nothing new. I think you just want to look at the nailed premiums. So Haaland, if you haven't got him already, you're going to be really struggling in your in your leagues and with your points. But yeah, Haaland at 8.7 it's, it's a ridiculous price, but he's doing so well. Um, and I, I've got KDB and Haaland in quite a lot of my teams. 
KDB's gone up to 7.5, but I mean, if out of this three, Haaland, De Bruyne and Cancelo, if you could have two in your team, I think that's a really good start. And I've just highlighted some cheaper assets from Man City because to fit Haaland, KDB and Cancelo is just so difficult with the budget. So I've, I've picked up um, Foden, Diaz and Stones. I think they're the probably most nailed players that are not those free premiums. So if you can maybe get two and then fit one of those, you might be okay. Um, I've got Kyle Walker. I'm just waiting to see what happened with him. I resisted taking him out, which meant I had him for a couple a couple games where he did nothing. It wasn't even the squad. But I didn't know how, how bad the injury was. And he's just played for England as well. So I'm hoping he comes back in. So I think he's around four mil. So you could add Walker to that list. Um, anyone else, though, it's... It's a bit of a rotation risk. You've got Akanji's doing well. Um, you've also got Ake, who's an option. And you've got Gomez as well on the cheaper side. But I just wouldn't guarantee they're going to play every game. Um, so you want to... For me, I, I want to choose the players that are going to be playing most games for City. And then moving on to Arsenal. Um, so obviously they've got the North London derby. Um, but I think they've got slightly bet, two better fixtures than... Well, not too bad fixtures because they're playing Spurs. But I think they've got the European fixture is better for Arsenal. Um, we've got Saliba at 3 million. He's gone up from 2.5 so far and he's been brilliant. I think two goals and an assist already. He's doing really well on the points. Um, that's who I'd pick out as the Arsenal defender if you haven't got already to get. Um, Gabriel Jesus has been brilliant since he signed. He's 5.7. And Saka, everyone was a bit concerned at first because he wasn't getting those attacking returns, but he seems to be firing now. And 4.1 is still a decent price for him. So, yeah, I think any of those three are the best ones to target. And then I just mentioned some differentials from Arsenal. Um, if you do lose patience with some of your strikers, if you've got the big front three of, you know, uh, Haaland, Kane and Salah, for example, and you did want to downgrade and put some value somewhere else, Martinelli at 3.3 is is still quite a steal, I think, in my eyes. Um, and then you've got budget to use elsewhere. Well, Fabio Vieira, I, I still keep an eye on him because, um, I mean, Erdegaard was injured. I'm not sure if he still is, but he's obviously scored in his uh, well debut start against Brentford. Um, it's quite a scream in that one. Um, and he, I think he'll definitely get the Europa League games, so... If Erdegaard's out, it looks like Vieira will start in the Premier League in his place. But he's also got the European fixtures that are against clubs that Arsenal should be beating, even with their rotated side. So 3.2 is not a bad shout for a midfielder. Um, but yeah, um, and then on to, on to Spurs. Kane, obvious one. Son, <sighs> he was getting quite a concern for people that had chose him. Uh, you'd be gutted if you took him out before the hat-trick. But he was looking at rotation risk with Richarlison doing well and Kudusevsky doing well as well. Obviously, some was benched, but coming on and then scoring a hat-trick would be gutting if you had already taken him out. But yeah, 5.8, I think he's proved his point that he doesn't like being dropped and he's still dangerous as ever. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he scored against Arsenal. Um, and then I've put Hugo Lloris in there as a player to target because... I mean, he, he's a fitness doubt at the moment. I know he got. I think he got left out of the France squad due to injury, but I've got him in both my two top teams. Um, and at three point five, I just think he was one of the cheaper options for 
Spurs. I think Dyer was kind of in the four mil category. I think that was a bit too much to play to pay for a centre back. So three point five Larice, he's pretty much nailed to get the Champions League and the Premier League games just as long as he is fit. But I think at three point five, out of all the European keepers, he was kind of the cheapest one to target, but also with more more or less on the better defences. Um and then I've just mentioned Richarlison Kulisevsky. Um I'm not sure if I if I'd want to go near him now because I had I had Kulisevsky to start with, and he started really strong, but then he tailed off a little bit. Richarlison took his place. I then took Kulisevsky out, and then he started scoring. I think he got an assist or scored a goal, got an attack in return. Um, so he's going to be quite a frustrating one. I think it's either you stick with him and keep him, or you you just don't go there with him and Richarlison because it's going to get quite frustrating when they're rotating together. Um, and then I've added Sessegnon as a more of a budget pick at 2.4. Um, I listened to the Dream Team Tonic podcast, and I think a lot of the guys there have been shouting about um, Sessegnon. I wasn't feeling it at first, um, but yeah, now I've, I've, I saw it from the start. So he, the first few games, he was just coming on for the last few minutes and picking up the clean sheet points. Even if he was playing for sort of 10 minutes, he was still coming on and stealing the points for the clean sheet. So it's not like FPL where you have to be playing a certain amount of time to get the clean sheet points. If you get bought on and your team's getting a clean sheet, automatically you're getting the five points. So I think it is worth it. If you're looking for more of a budget pick, Sessegnon is a good one, and he does still start quite a few games. So yeah, I'm fully convinced now that he is a really good option at 2.4, and obviously started a bit cheaper than that. Um, Then on to Chelsea, so... Again, it's it's pretty obvious picks I've gone with, just because with Graham Potter, we're still not sure how they're going to line up. But Sterling, James and Cucurella, they look like the, the more nailed players to start. Sterling is playing on that sort of left wing, left wing slash left wing back position in that first game. But he was still playing so high up. Um, he wasn't doing that much defending at all. So you don't have to worry about his attacking returns being diminished. Um, and then Rhys James as well was still playing quite high up. Cucurella was actually playing in more of a back three, but he was still getting forward, still getting crosses in. And I quite, what I like about Cucurella, he seems to be, I didn't notice at the time when they brought him in, but he's taken quite a lot of free kicks and corners as well. So at three mil, I, I still think he's a really good option in that Chelsea team. But they just need to start keeping clean sheets. Um, I think I heard in the Premier League that Bournemouth had kept more clean sheets than, than Chelsea, which... I haven't fact-checked it, but if it is true, that's that's a crazy stat, really. They need to be improving there. Um, and then Fofana, 2.9. I just wanted to put him down there because it's, he's been a bit of a disappointment, really, because I thought at 3 mil, he'd be a really good pick. Um, and he's gone down to 2.9 now. But the fact that he was left out in the last game, he's put a big question mark above him for me. Um, but I can't imagine they paid that sort of money for him and then they're going to leave him benched. The same with Koulibaly. So I wouldn't be surprised if we eventually do see a, a move to sort of Cucurella, Fafana and Koulibaly maybe. Um, but obviously we have got Thiago Silva as well. So something has got to give there. Just depends whether they move Cucurella out to left wing back. But yeah, I've got a question mark above Fafana for now. Um, we'll see how they line up the next game. But I might end up taking him out of my team. Then Man United, um, I still haven't seen that much of Anthony, but he, he looked really good against uh, Arsenal. Um, we didn't get to see Anthony spin, but yeah, every time he got the ball, he was looking to 
looking to beat a man, looking to get forward. And I think he took quite a lot of shots as well. Um, I was looking at his stats for last season um, at Ajax and he was having about three shots per game, something like that. So, yeah, I think that could be a, a good pick there. But obviously, I, I probably wouldn't bring him in just ahead of, get, ahead of the Man City game. But he is someone that we'd look to target probably long term. And then Dallow at 2.6. Still, if he's going to be the starting right back, which... Wan-Bissaka doesn't seem like he's getting anywhere near the team at the minute. So Delow at 2.6. He's got good deliveries, good crossing, so he could pick up some points. And then Sancho at 3.5 I've put down as well because um, he just seems to be playing most of the games at the moment. Um, and he does get attacking returns usually, but yeah, this I'm not sure if this is the week for it, but I've put him in there. Um, a couple of ones, these are a bit more far out, but... Ericsson at 2.8, he is playing deeper, but he's still getting quite a lot of the ball, quite a lot of passing, and he's more attacking still in that position. Although he's playing deeper, he's still doing a lot of the build-up and playing quite a few through balls as well. Obviously, got um, I think he got the assist in the Arsenal game. And then you've got Ronaldo at 5.5 mil, which is ridiculously cheap, but we know he's not starting every game. But if you're feeling dangerous, it could be a punt. Um, if Rashford's out I'm looking more at the uh, Europa League games though I, I know it seems ridiculous but if Ronaldo's playing against a team like Nicosia he could quite easily get a haul in that game um, so it could be worth a punt if you've just got an, an extra transfer that you're, you're willing to take a punt on he could he could be an option um, and then West Ham um, they've got a really good run of fixtures coming up uh, I'll, I'll see if I can bring them up on the next slide but yeah West Ham Bowen at 4.1. He started at 4.5, I think it was, after his really good season last year. But he hasn't delivered so far. But I always sort of did say at that point, if he, if he could come down in price to around the 4, the four million mark, um, I would still like to take a punt on him, I think, at some point in the season. And with their, their fixtures looking really good from sort of now up until the World Cup, I think now's the time to do it if you're going to bring him in. Um, Paqueta is a cheaper option at 2.6. Obviously, their big signing of the summer. He used he was getting some good attacking returns at Leon. So, yeah, I would look to bring him in or take a punt on him if you're looking for someone more of a budget enabler in the middle. Um, he could be a good option. And then you've got Kurt Zuma and Kufau. I've just put as defensive options. I think they're them two are the probably most nailed in defence. Um, and two point three and two point two, they give you quite a bit of room to spend elsewhere in your team and. With two games a week as well, it's quite good value, I think, just as long as their their uh, their form picks up. And I've just highlighted some of the non-European club fixtures. Um, I've picked these three. I think these three teams: Brentford, Newcastle, and Leicester. And I put if you dare because we've we've seen what they've been like in defence. But Brentford, Newcastle, and Leicester, I think, have got the best fixtures coming up for teams that are not playing in Europe. So Brentford in that game week eight game are playing against Bournemouth. And then they've been following on with Newcastle away and Brighton at home. So I've got Mbwemo in a couple of my teams and he's been doing okay. He's picking up quite a few points still um, for his price point at least. And then Ivan Tony, obviously, I think he got the hat-trick at, at one point and he's doing pretty well. Um, and then I put Hickey in there as more of a budget option that... If you're trying to save a bit of money or you've not got much to play around with, he could be an option there in defence. He's He gets gets forward quite a bit as well, so it could be an option. Um, Newcastle, uh, in game week eight, they've got Fulham away. 
So their defence has been pretty good, Newcastle. Um, especially Trippier is someone that I would look at. He's just on everything. The corners, free kicks, getting assists. Um, so he could be quite dangerous against Fulham. And, well, at the time of recording this, yesterday Mitrovic played um, in the internationals and there's rumours that Mitrovic could be injured. Um, so, yeah, if if that is the case, then the defensive assets of Newcastle are looking even better. But, yeah, Fulham away in game week eight and then they follow up with Brentford at home, Man United away. Um, they've got Isaac playing up front. He, t- he scored a pen in the last game and he's looking quite dangerous. And then I've just put Almiron in there. Uh, he's quite a frustrating player, but he's so cheap on the game that if you're just looking to fill a, a cheap slot in your team as an enabler, you could look at Almiron there as a budget pick. Then Leicester. It's a risky one if you do want to go with him, but if you do it, I've said you have to go with more of attacking assets. You don't want to be touching their defence at the moment. They're rock bottom. I wouldn't be surprised if Brendan Rodgers ends up sacked. I don't really know what's going on there at all, to be honest. But they're playing Forest at home in game week eight. And their attacking players, specifically um, Madison, are still looking quite good. So, yeah, if, you, if you're playing against Forest at home and then they've got Bournemouth away, which that's two really good fixtures back to back. I'd look at Madison, I'd look at Barnes. Maybe Jamie Vardy, but he hasn't been on it this season. And there is a rotation risk now with uh, Dakar and Iniacho. Um And I've put um, Dewsbury Hall as well down um, as a as more of a cheap enabler in the midfield. But yeah, Bournemouth, Palace, Leeds and Wolves are some good fixtures. So if, they, if they're going to recover, it's, it's got to be now, really. But yeah, highlight that. No defenders. Don't put any Leicester defenders in. And especially don't put Danny Ward in the goal. So for October planning, um, obviously we've got this game week eight where we'll have the two fixtures for the European sides or the one for the non-European. Um, and then after that, Friday the 7th of October, that's when you'll get the new transfers to use um, during October. And then they have got to last you until Friday the 4th of November. So just before game week 13, um, and then I just had a look at how many fixtures between sort of now game week eight and then the end of game week 12 before you get the November fixtures. Um, and there's quite a big difference between the European teams and the non-European teams again, where there's a, a, a condensed um, Europa League, Champions League um, with the World Cup coming ahead. Um, so the European teams are still quite um, favourable in terms of fixtures so the European teams are going to be playing from game week 8 all the way through to game week 12 Uh, most of them are going to be playing 10 games from now until the November transfers Man City are going to have 9 the reason they've got 9 is because the Arsenal City game was postponed so they'll have 9 and the rest of the teams so you know your Arsenal your Spurs Chelsea the rest of them they're all going to have 10, so one extra game. If you compare that to the non-European sides, they're only going to have six in the same sort of time. So you've got another, you know, if you go with mostly a European team, you're going to get almost like four games more. Um, so that's just one thing to consider when you're trying to plan your team for the next month or so. You want to get as many European teams in there as you can, in my opinion, just to capitalise on the extra games. Just an update on um, how my top team are doing at the minute. Um, so I've got 391 points. Um, the game week just gone, I've got 44 points. Overall is 47.5k, which uh, I'm not particularly happy about, but 
it's still early on, so we can we can recover that. And I've got two transfers left. So just a recap at the minute. So Lloris got us two points. Um, Saliba got 18 points, which was a really good one. He got the uh, the goal, the clean sheet and the star man in that game. Uh, Walker, like I said, um, I kept with him anyway, even though he was injured, just because I think I'm going to end up wanting to bring him back if he turns out um, to be recovered so and he played for England so I am expecting him to come back in so I'm not regretting changing him around um, but yeah I did get punished a little bit with Liverpool and um, Chelsea game getting called off so I had Cucurella, Sterling, Elliot and Salah that didn't play but I just these are players apart from Elliot these are players that I want to keep sort of for the following week so I didn't want to take them out and I assumed most people would be in the same boat there with the cancellations Um Emerson Royale, I'd only just bought him in, so I was quite disappointed with their uh, performance against Leicester. I bought him in actually ahead of the the sporting game, which was horrible because I bought him in and it looked like it was going to be a great move. I thought he was going to get the clean sheet and I think he was even getting a plus seven, but then they went and conceded two right at the end. And yeah, he ended up on minus points, I think, last week as well. So that was pretty rubbish. Um, De Bruyne had a really good game happy to keep him um, Elliot's been pretty disappointing actually I thought he'd be a good enabler in that midfield but obviously that game was called off but he's not done well for me so far um, Sterling I'm happy to stick with him Kane got me the 10 points against Leicester I was happy with that Salah didn't play and Haaland is just looking brilliant every every game he's getting returns at the minute so yeah not not a terrible week, but yeah, we're not where we want to be overall, but I'm sure we can work on that one. Um, and then so just taking a look at what fixtures these these players have coming up and who I might look to move on. Um, I'm quite happy with Lloris, just as long as he's not injured. We're going to have to wait and see. That, that could for us spanner in the works for me for this one. Um, Saliba I'm going to keep. I think I'm keeping Walker and I'm happy with Cucurella as well. De Bruyne's good. Sterling's good. But Elliot... Well, I'll probably give him this. I'll probably give him this game week eight because Brighton and Rangers. There's a good chance he might start at least one of those games, and there's a chance for an attack in return. But he isn't very uh, clinical so far for them. Um, Sterling, I'm happy with, and then Kane, Salah, Haaland. That, if anything, it's probably too too good up there. It's weakening in other areas of the team. But for this game week, I'm happy to stick with it. And then if I'm going to downgrade Salah. It'll probably be if he if he blanks in these two games. But potential changes, two transfers left. I'd probably be looking to move out Emerson Royale, Elliot or Lloris if it's an injury. But yeah, I'm not sure at this point who I might change. I was having a little look who, uh, who I could take out and put in. I mean, if I took out Emerson Royale and Harvey Elliott, for example, I could bring in Kufal and Ericsson. But... I'm still not convinced that they're going to really outscore them. Kufal, I think he's got the um, potential there for a clean sheet. But if Emerson Royale does play, although he's been disappointing, there's a chance that he does get one clean sheet maybe in that game week. So I, I don't I don't think it's worth it yet. I might just stick with this side for one more game week. Um, as long as Lloris does play, I could stick with it, use these two transfers to prepare for October. Um so yeah, we'll wait and see how that one goes. I'll, I'll probably wait till the lineups are out before deciding on any changes. And then uh, I'm gonna—I've got my top team. I'm gonna try and fill you in on my top team each week. But then I'm gonna keep this one in there as well. So 
uh, mini league team. Um, this one, this one, I've got entered in the Dream Team Tonic um, Cash League. Um, so, yeah, I'm giving giving away some secrets here, but I'm going to fill you in on the team anyway. Um, so again, Larice, it's the same boat for him. Um, for Farner, that's that's a disappointment because, yeah, if he, if he isn't playing in that next fixture, I'm probably going to have to look to move him on. Saliba again, no problem. Cucurella, and I just mentioned Emerson Royale. It's the same for this team. Uh, we'll wait and see how he does. De Bruyne, I'm ha completely happy with. Gundogan, it's been a bit disappointing. He started really well, and I had him for the games where he was scoring points. Um, but now it looks like Bernardo Silva, well, doesn't look like he is staying. Bernardo Silva was a bit of a risk to go to Barcelona at, at one point, and it seemed like Gundogan was getting his minutes. But now there's quite a bit of rotation there for that slot. But I'll probably give him this game week as well to see how he does. Um, and and Buemo, he's been doing okay. He didn't get any points against Arsenal. But with Brentford having a good run of games, I think he's still a good option in there. Um, definitely a better enabler than Harvey Elliott has been for me so far. And then I've got the same front line again. Kane, Salah, Haaland. And I'm happy to stay with them just, uh, yeah, just as long as they are delivering. But yeah, looking into October, the only thing I might look to do is if Salah is not picking up his points I could look to get Salah out and bring Cancelo in at some point but in this team I've only got one transfer so if I'm going to make any transfer in this team it's either going to be Lloris um, it's going to be Lloris if he is injured or I'd again look at Emerson Royale or Fofana if they're not picked for the next game um, who who I'll choose with that one transfer um, I had a look say, say Fofana doesn't play the next game and he's dropped again um, I'd probably look to either bring in uh, Kurt Zuma because West Ham have got two fairly good fixtures or I could change the formation and bring in a midfielder um, so I could take Fofana out for either Ericsson, Jorginho um, Jorginho, I, I do like to choose him just because he's got that sort of penalty, the penalty aspect of it um, so he can pick up some points there um, or Paqueta as well from West Ham, the new signing I think he could do quite well in his next two fixtures so yeah, they're, they're my options but Again, it's going to be waiting to see what the lineups do um, before making any changes with this one. But yeah, this this team um, total points three eight two, um, and then sixty seven point six k is again not where I'd like to be. Um, but it's early on. There's there's not very many points separating the uh, the the overall scores at the minute. So yeah, we'll give it to uh, we'll give it to the after the World Cup before we start getting worried about where our rank is, and then we'll see where we are from there. And that wraps up the first episode. Um, so thanks for watching and listening. Um, I'm going to hope to put these out on a weekly basis, um, just previewing the next lot of fixtures, giving some tips on who I think the best picks will be for the following week, and then just giving you a little update on how my team's doing. So yeah, thanks for watching and good luck in game week eight.